choice of William saying, good morning, Michelle. Please play Marapula. It's a song of happiness by Leta Mbuli. And play it for Ntate Molozzi, who's celebrating 103 years today. Absolutely brilliant. 103 years. What a celebration. May the rain pour down as part of that celebration as well. We're going to go back to our interview with Dr. Paula Kahumbu, CEO of Wildlife Direct. As I said, uh, she has been named the Rolex National Geographic Explorer of the Year. It's an award which is given to individuals whose actions really demonstrate their commitment to the world and sharing knowledge of the world as well. Dr. Kahumbu, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. So what a fantastic title to be named, the Royal National Geographic Explorer of the Year. What does the title mean and how did you feel when you were named? Um, well, it, it's called the Rolex National Geographic um, Explorer of the Year Award. And it's a, a huge, I don't know, um, surprise to me because, you know, as an African living here, um, doing what I do, it never occurred to me that I would be given this international recognition, which is, you know, the preserve of some of the, you know, really famous people, the Jane Goodalls of the world. So what it means really is, that things are shifting, that National Geographic and Rolex uh, in their partnership are looking to the global south for leaders yes, absolutely. In, uh, in the world, in particular when we talk about wildlife in Africa, is a superpower. So I'm just so thrilled to be able to represent our amazing continent. You have been uh, participating and leading the Hands of Our Elephants campaign. And it, it's something that in, it really struck me because in the last couple of weeks, I've been reading so many stories, different stories about elephants. Uh, there's a group of elephants in China, for example, that are moving kilometers and kilometers out of the ambit of where they usually are. There's another um, couple of elephants who've ended up on the beach out of fear. And it seems to me that we really need to focus on uh, protecting them and protecting their environment far more than maybe we are. Absolutely, Michelle, spot on. I mean, elephants are such extraordinary animals. I studied them for my PhD in Kenya, and I've worked with many of the world's you know, top scientists studying elephants. And there's no doubt in my mind, although this species is one of the most studied animals in the world, we are still scratching the surface. Here's yeah. an animal with a brain many times bigger than ours. Their intelligence, their knowledge, their memory, their emotions, and their... Um, their, their uh, family relationships and relationships with each other, their social structure is so complex that we will probably never learn and understand their secrets. So absolutely, we have to protect them. And that means defending their lands and their ecosystems. Elephants can live on almost any kind of habitat except the coral reef. So hmm. that means we have to think much more smartly about how do we secure land, large enough land, for elephants to be able to move. They can, they can move sometimes in, in a period of time of 10 or 20 years. They don't need to move every single year. But, but we should keep those corridors, those dispersal areas open and allow elephants to go where they need to go. The problem today is that we have interfered so much with their habitats, their landscapes. We put roads and railways. We've uh, fenced them in. And this is really disrupting elephants, and they can become so dangerous. And then it's really hard to win hearts and minds when elephants are seen as dangerous animals, as, as in many countries we've seen elephants 
harming and even killing people. So we absolutely must start to think like elephants, think about what they need and put that in place if we want to keep these majestic animals in our lives. Dr. Kahumbu, and I really stand to be corrected here, so so forgive me if I've got this wrong. It's interesting that you talk about we need to think about the land and the size of the land and where the land is in order to protect not just elephants but but our environment as well. And I understand that there's there's a huge challenge currently in Kenya. Is it a railroad that's being built through a park or something of that nature? Um, I'm I'm really heartbroken to tell you the railroad has been built yeah. through two major national parks, the Savo National Park and the Nairobi National Park. Yes. And I think that um, as the, the reason why I make wildlife documentaries and I spend probably 60% of my time on education, awareness raising and winning hearts and minds is because I think we have a generation of leaders across the African continent who never had the opportunity to really fall in love with wildlife. Mm. We have been so busy trying to look like Dubai or China, New York or London, instead of thinking about what is it that's unique to our continent. It's our wild spaces. It's our wild animals. And and a healthy ecosystem means we're healthy people and we can have healthy, thriving economies. But when we start destroying that by putting structures in place without thinking it through, we need a railroad, no question but it doesn't need to be right through the middle of a national park. And so we need we need new leaders who think and will defend those protected areas the same way that you might defend anything else we have that we treasure, our churches, our mosques, our um, very sacred places. Yeah. We protect them fiercely, and we don't say that they have to pay back. We just say these things are far too important to be destroyed. They are part of our identity. Our wildlife and our nature in Africa is a major part of our identity. You know, I'm thinking about this as as you talk about leaders and and standing up uh, to be counted and not just be an armchair critic in so many ways, which I think I probably am one of those. But I'm thinking about that fire in the Gulf of Mexico, the most terrible fire just burning out at sea because um, the inappropriate measures and methods have been put into place to uh, mine gas from the ocean. How do we stand up and be counted? You certainly have, and you're being recognized for that. But for uh, people like myself, for young people, what would your response be and say, stand up, be counted, become the next Rolex National Geographic Explorer of the Year? Well, I think I think everybody can make a difference, and you don't have to be uh, a PhD, and you don't even have to be a Rolex award winner. You need to make your voice known. I think that we don't recognize enough how important we are as citizens. We put our leaders in place. It's our duty and our responsibility to make sure that our leaders do what we want them to do. We should be holding them to account. We should be observing what they're doing and speaking out when we need to speak out. Speaking out could be anything from writing a letter or it could be a tweet. It could be what you're calling armchair. It's not just about complaining, but it's about saying, I'm not happy about this. And I don't want my children to live in a world that is a desert, where Mm. the water is dirty and polluted and the air is unbreathable. I want my children to live and my children's children to thrive in in a green, lush, luxuriant um, landscape. And I don't think enough people speak out. They're afraid to speak out. In my country, I find people are afraid to speak out. I've been banned from our own national parks 
because I speak out about some of these things. And a lot of people are shocked and horrified that the government would take such an action against me when I'm trying to defend the national parks. And I'm always telling people to go to the national parks. But I kind of feel like, you know, it's a small, it's a small price to pay. I want children and children's children to be able to go to the national parks. I want those parks to thrive into perpetuity. I don't want them to be crisscrossed with roads, railways, power lines, pipelines, fences, and all that stuff. So yeah. I continue the fight, and I, I get very amazed and thrilled and energized when I walk down the streets and people stop me and thank me for what I'm doing. And they whisper in my ear, don't stop. Keep doing what you're doing. We're backing you up. It may not look like it, but you have many defenders out there. And the more the government hears, that there are people like me, and it's not just one person. They can punish me, but they can't punish the whole population. Everybody can stand up to a certain level, and the more that those voices get heard by our leaders, the more difficult it is for them to continue what they're doing. Dr. Paula Kahumbu, thank you so much for joining us. CEO of Wildlife Direct, but also the Rolex National Geographic Explorer of the Year. And she's received that award as someone who, as she says, is active in participating around our environment. And when she talks about our waters being dirty, I I can't stop thinking of that picture of the ocean, the Gulf in Mexico, on fire. Um, When the water itself is on fire, we know there's a problem. It's 8.32.